and welcome back spooky people this is that spooky life and i am your host miranda and i am happy that you have joined us today we have some spooky stories to talk about we are going to continue jasmine's list of creepy things that have happened in her home continued from last week and i am sharing an interesting experience today and I am sharing an interesting experience today involving something that happened uh, shortly after my little was born. So as many of you know, I shared before that when I was pregnant, I was having issues keeping things out of my house and being plagued by dead visitors trying to get help or pass on a message. And I just had no control over when, who, where, why, etc. It was the, the USS Enterprise up in here. She's given it all she's got, Captain, and it just was not performing. Some of my closest friends came by and helped me refresh shields and the wards on my property. And another friend recommended refreshing and redoing my ancestor altar. We've talked about ancestor altar stuff before on the show. And so I, I took their advice and refreshed it and found some old pictures of some of my extended relations that I knew about and put out basically an invitation to my ancestors that if they felt the the property needed to be checked on or checked in they were welcome with sort of a, a vetting process for a while with my grandmother the energy that that is my grandmother that I feel when I know that she is nearby sort of vetting people now it's far more open it's much more the if you have the best interests of myself and my husband and my child at heart you know you are welcome here and of course, this isn't just blood relations, it's heart family, extended family, etc. And things simmered down. A few ancestors were very vivid, like my great uncle Bill. You know, things would get moved. And I started to realize it was more in like a mischievous trickstery tone. And one day I very clearly remember using the tone that my grandmother used to use. And I got the impression that when I used that tone and asked him to stop, he just chuckled and went about whatever it was he was doing. So things got better. No more unwanted visitors, and my ancestors absolutely had my back. Then, when my little was born, this was an alert and wiggling and ready to go and talk and sing and do all the things. This child still is absolutely the same way. But... You know, at least we were warned ahead of time when she was an infant. We saw that getting up and going and doing was definitely going to be the M.O. But she was very chatty and cooey and alert and observant from basically day one. And one night, I was in the nursery rocking her to sleep after a feeding. She was, she was at the point that she was, you know, cooing and conversing in her way. And she was a few weeks, probably close to a month old. And she was completely asleep in my arms, and I too was falling asleep when I felt an unseen presence in the nursery. And since refreshing the wards and the ancestor altar, I'd had no issues whatsoever. Only the fam, as it were, had been in and around. But this presence was not only unfamiliar, it didn't feel great. Now, I accept that there are a huge portion of ancestors that I may not know or recognize, and both my family and my husband's family have large old families, as well as adopted heart fam. I know I didn't know this person, 
and while they did not seem to be there to maliciously haunt, I didn't like their vibe and they didn't feel like the rest of the ancestors, even the ones that like I knew I didn't know, but like there's definitely like a we're here for this reason vibe and that it, it didn't match. I did try to ask him who he was and why he was there. And the only real clear impression that I got back is that he was there for my little. Well, that is not good, nor good enough an answer for a hormonal breastfeeding mother. Allow me to be very clear about that. That did not fly. So I reached out to the energies that I feel are my grandmother and her siblings, like my great aunts and uncles, and was like, hey, can we vet this guy, please? Like, ancestors don't necessarily work like that. I know it's more like a wave sometimes but especially at the time I know I had felt and sensed the individual personalities of people that I knew like my grandmother and my great aunt and my great uncle Bill and things like that and those were who I reached out to specifically and shortly thereafter old boy that I didn't like feeling I didn't sense him anymore and I ended up falling asleep in the following weeks however something odd occurred I felt him a few times that or I would be in the living room and felt something off. And I would go check on the baby. I would go back there and hear her having these coup conversations. The first few times I thought maybe my husband was in there trying to soothe her to sleep. But both of the times that I remember distinctly, he was not. And when I went in, she was in her crib looking up and talking to someone. The third time it happened, I tried to observe. But when I showed up... The entity dipped immediately. Not fast enough that I didn't sense him, but, I mean, it's understandable. I had set my grandmother and her siblings on him once already. Considering the bands and the wards that I set up in my house, I figure he has to have been related somehow, otherwise he would not have been able to get in. The little one didn't and would not punch holes in my shielding until almost a year later. That's a story for another time. But I have yet to fully figure out who he was specifically. From the vibe, however, I'd wager either someone in my husband's family or my father's side. And I don't think they meant harm. I just don't know them as well. And the baby was never scared. That entity merely had a vibe that unsettled me. Which, in my state at the time, could have been as simple as I don't know you. And I've not really sensed them since. If I do, however... The hormonal storm of chaos is gone now, and I plan to pin that soul down to figure some shit out. Until then, that is my spooky story for the week. Karen Fortenberry thought all of her dreams had come true when she fell in love with writer James Carter. However, as their wedding date nears... She learns that her dreams may actually be her worst nightmares come true. To find out what happens, check out Achievement by Possession by author Diana Brock over at Abernathy Books. Abernathy Books features supernatural suspense thrillers of author Diana Brock, available in digital, audio, and traditional paperback formats. Personally, my favorite to date is Seal Evil the Nine Gates, and got the audiobook and could not stop listening. So... Check her out on Facebook or on Amazon for your preferred format and get drawn in today. Abernathy Books and author Diana Brock. 
And that brings us to our listener story for the week, which is a few short stories, again, as promised, as a continuation of Jasmine's spooky stories. We have had a teleporting dog bowl, a haunted moisturizer, a haunted bra. There's been all kinds of stuff. If you haven't listened to the first part, pretty sure they don't have to be listened to in order, but I definitely recommend catching Jasmine's other stories because she's had some strange things happen in this house. In continuation, the first chapter today is called Weird Note, and she has included a picture that I will attempt to do my best to remember to post on social media for you to see. Jasmine writes, Like a lot of people, I'm reluctant to believe every synchronicity I come across. So sometimes I need a good spiritual slap in the face. During a week when I was experiencing some intense energy work, my roommate woke up with this bizarre note written on a post-it. It looks like someone tried to spell Phoenix, but didn't quite succeed. As a side note, she's right. It really does kind of look like Phoenix and then Phoenix. Yeah, no, I'll see if I can... I'm going to try and remember to share that because that is a very accurate description of what I'm looking at. She remembers getting ready to sleep, climbing into bed, waiting while three dogs situated themselves around her, and then didn't move until morning. She woke up in the same position she fell asleep in, just with an added bizarre note stuck to her desk. We have no idea what happened, but whoever wrote the note removed the post-it from the pad stuck it to her desk, and then put the pen and the pad back where they belong. It's been months, and we still have no reasonable theories. What does it mean? That, that, touche. I have no idea what that means. I'm very interested. I am subscribed to this thread and uh, would like to know updates. The next chapter is titled Water Droplets. This may be more common than I once thought. But throughout my life, I've had water droplets periodically fall on me when I'm inside without any conceivable source. I remember water droplets falling on my arm as young as six years old. And now in my mid-thirties, it's still happening every few weeks. I still haven't been able to connect this phenomenon with anything else that's happening in my life at the time. As far as I can tell, it seems like I can be in any location, in any emotional state, with any configuration of people, and I'll still periodically get a droplet of water landing on my arm or hand. What's the point of this? Does someone want me to shower more often? I don't know, girl. You have a very wet ghost following you around, I suppose. God, I hope not. Don't don't listen to me. That's I hope that's not the case. The next chapter is Self-Watering Houseplant. Maybe you have the ghost of the houseplant following you around, and that's why it's dripping, because it self-waters. See what I did there? One morning earlier this year, when I walked into the living room, I noticed the tray of one of our houseplants sits on was overflowing with water. It had spilled out onto the table, and while I was cleaning it up, I noticed that none of the other plants appeared to have been watered at all, just the one spilling water everywhere. I was not blessed with the greenest of thumbs, so I'm never the person who waters the plants. I'll overwater them because if some water is good, more water is better, right? I know this is wrong, and somehow even when my focus is squarely on not overwatering, I'm still drowning plants. So I called out and asked if someone watered this just this one plant today. Nope. Nobody watered it or any other plants today. Or yesterday. And despite having opened the curtains right next to this plant today, 
nobody noticed the water that had run all over the table. We doubt it was there earlier in the day. We have pets, and even though it would be very difficult, what if a dog somehow got up there and peed on it? We checked. Nope. It was definitely water. This hasn't happened again since. I guess thanks for helping with the watering. All right, now I am convinced that it is a very just damp ghost that follows you around. And it just watered that one plant for some reason because it liked that one. Oh, I hate this one. (laughs) Okay. There's a picture with this one too, and I will try and share it. But this is like literal nightmare fuel for me personally. Who's in the attic? Image of attic entrance askew as I scroll past and don't want to look at that anymore ever. Our house has a lot of weird quirks to it. And one of the many interesting decisions made by the previous owner was putting the only attic entrance above a steep flight of stairs leading to the basement. This makes the attic almost impossible to access, but if you're really determined, you can put a tall ladder on the stairs, no, and climb up to the rectangular entrance cut into the ceiling. The, quote, door is a flat piece of board that we lift up and push into the attic, but the entrance itself is large enough to comfortably fit a full-grown man. I don't like that description either. Why does it have to fit a full-grown man? Why can't it be like a three-month-old elephant? We've only had occasion to go into the attic a few times. The first time was right after we bought the place, and we did find an old trunk up there that was full of fabric scraps, a few old pictures, an old cross, and a book of tides from the 70s. Weird, sure, but that does sound like a trunk you can safely store in your attic and not touch for several decades. The first weird attic thing didn't happen until earlier this year. From my bedroom... I heard a loud bang and rushed to check on what sounded like something hitting the side of the house. I couldn't find anything, and it was a little while before someone finally looked up and noticed that the entrance to the attic was knocked out of place. Fuck that. Just for me personally. No. No, I don't do attics. I'm sorry. No. (sighs) I cannot possibly emphasize enough how difficult this entrance is to access. Nobody could have accidentally hit it with something from the outside without realizing. We even checked for animal droppings in the attic recently and can't find any evidence of animals at all. We expected at least ancient little mouse dudes, but there's nothing. Fortunately, we never heard any footsteps in the attic, but apparently that doesn't necessarily mean that we're alone. Later on, we wanted to explore wiring our house for the ethernet, so one of us climbed into the attic to check it out. There was a box up there that nobody had seen before, despite being in the attic previously. We already had the attic double-checked for leftover stuff, and that's when we found the box of fabric scraps. And somehow, this box went unnoticed, despite the fact that it's large enough to hold an entire set of encyclopedias. I called up into the attic, seeing if we could get one of the books down to look at, and when I asked which letter, I responded without thinking, D, so that we can look at dogs. When we were handed the dusty red book, we immediately flipped it open to the only bookmarked page. Dogs. Cute synchronicity, or does everyone have a bookmark at dogs in their encyclopedia? Wow. Those stories, I cannot fathom living in that house, knowing what you have shared. But also, that last one. Just be like, oh, D, so we can look at dogs, and that's literally the only bookmark. I mean, as we know from the internet, Cattos and doggos are like everybody's favorite, but that seems suspect at best. 
that's just creepy. I want nothing to do with your attic. I, I prefer to go back to the haunted moisturizer, though. Probably the moisturizer haunting starts in the attic. Like, we all know this, right? From the wet ghost that waters just a single plant. So, Jasmine, thank you very much for sharing these stories. They are delightfully spooky, and I really hate that picture of the attic, even though it's as mundane as it could possibly be. I just want nothing to do with it. So thank you, and I look forward to any stories that you continue to share with us if you have any. And yeah, that is our listener story for the week. And thus we come to our witchy tip for the week. As is our pattern of light, this is the week that we draw a contemplation card from the deck of contemplation cards made by Michelle Bellinger and Catherine Rogers. Again, I will have a link in the description if you guys are interested to take a look at these cards. They've been greatly helpful to me personally. I am not a uh, a stranger to shadow work, but sometimes it's nice to have a prompt so that you can sit down and uh, journal about something maybe hadn't considered before. So today, the contemplation card that I have drawn for us dear spooky friends is focus. And I find this to be an interesting one. And I personally actually plan on journaling this one myself. There are a lot of things that that singular word can mean. It can be like, maybe you need to focus, or what are you focused on, or evaluate your focus, see if you need to refocus. There there are a lot of levels of this one that can be used. But perhaps my really only adage here would be, it is 2021. It is a new year. It is a new year that will present new hurdles, new obstacles, new issues, and carries forward some of the old obstacle hurdles and issues. But... It is a new day, and therefore, we are better, smarter, faster, stronger, wiser than we were yesterday. And with so much going on in the world and in our lives as individuals, I find it very important to consider what deserves your focus. What deserves your time, your energy, because energy flows where focus goes. What things in your life do not deserve your focus? What can you set into the background, into the white noise, and what can you pull into sharp clarity that can make your life and your day-to-day time and energy spent better? This is something for me that I personally have had to deal with recently, and I have found that my shift of focus has brought me a lot more progress, a lot more traction, and a lot more fulfillment than I have had in a very, very long time. So I hope that if you sit down and journal and perhaps do some meditation and shadow work on a focus, that maybe answers similar for you will come. And that is our witchy tip for the day. As usual, I am glad that you have all tuned in, and thank you to Jasmine once more for our terribly spooky listener stories. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with the podcast and have me read on air, please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. All of the social media is listed in the description, so I do not browbeat you to death with all of the same things that I say every week. And if you like doing social media stuff, please join us. It's a lot of fun sometimes. But until next week, I hope that your focus stays sharp that you ever learn something new that keeps you interested and enthusiastic. And do not forget, my dearest, spookiest friends, to keep living that spooky life. And I will talk to you next week.
Bye.